You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to call in the spirits to be with us here today. I call out to those ancestors, yours and mine, those who walked on all the different places of the earth, those who lived in all the many different ways, and who dreamt of a better future. And in their dreaming of a better future, we have arrived. I call out to those ancestors who lived well and died well and ask them to be with us here today to bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to us that we might learn from those who have gone before us, that we might be worthy of being born of this dream and that we might dream well to create a future that is worthy of the hearts of those who are coming. So I call out to these ancestors to be with us here today to gather round that we might do something of use here today. And I ask that each one of you reach down into the very center of the earth and take a moment to give gratitude. Gratitude for your life, gratitude for your day, gratitude for the beauty that is present, and gratitude for the miracle of life that you share. And may you live in a way today that remembers to you in some way that miracle. So we call out to the energy of the earth to rise up into our proceedings to bring to us all the wisdom of manifestation, to bring to us the energy of home, the energy of place, the energy of grounding and belonging and alignment. And we call out to the earth and give gratitude to her for the wonder of her dreaming that brought life in its great diversity to this planet. And we give thanks for the truth in that reality, which is the truth of oneness, of not only connection, but interconnection. And we ask the energy of the earth to help us to be wiser about the reality of our interconnectedness with all living things. And with the energy of the earth rising within us, may we draw that energy up from our bellies to our hearts, to our minds, and extend our energy all the way up through the sky and through all the layers of the sky to the very highest power above. And by whatever name you call that power, call it down. I invite you to call it down into your body, into your day, and into these proceedings to draw in the energy from above, to bring in all the wisdom of the cosmos, to bring in blessing, to bring in generosity and benevolence, and to bring in the protection that allows us to go forward in a way that is both powerful and vulnerable, that is inspired from the energies outside of us, from our spirit help, and inspired from the spirit that lives within us. So we call in the energy of the sky and draw it down, not just into our day, not just into our head, but down into our heart and all the way down into our belly and send the energy of the sky all the way down to the very center of the earth, that we might be aligned here and infused and filled with the energy of the earth and sky. And with these energies within us, dancing and merging and blending and coming into the exact right balance for us here today, we call out the spirit of the heart to be awash in the energies of the earth and sky and to step forward. 
We call out to the energy of the heart to be the crucible of change that it is, that very special place within us that can feel and hold and be with the fiery passions of our lower chakras that hold in them the reason that we are here and can draw down the cool crystal clarity of the chakras above, bringing in the energy of the mind and that the energy of the belly and the mind might come together in a way that would birth a third thing, which is our knowing, our knowing of why we are here, what our gifts are, and may we find in our hearts the courage to bring those gifts out into the world, even in some small way today. So with all of these spirits gathered round, the heart in the center, the earth, the sky, the ancestors around, we give thanks for the presence of spirit in our life. And we ask that what needs to be heard can be heard because what needs to be said is being said. And may these proceedings go forward in a good way for all living things. I want to give thanks to Gail and Pauletta and Stefan and Zona Lisa and Heidi and all of the others who have donated financially to the show to help to keep the show on the air. If the show is meaningful to you in any way if it moves you in the heart in any way even into irritation that is fine because the heart has been moved and i ask you to move into that fundamental place of shamanism which is to allow your actions to be motivated by your heart and i ask you if you're moved by the show in any way to do something to support the show share it with a friend link to it on your website um, or donate you can go to why shamanism And just click on the support button and offer any amount, large or small. Every single penny, ruble, or euro goes directly to keeping the show on the air. And we are deeply grateful for all of that you are doing with your questions, with your discussions, all of the many ways that you are helping the show to grow stronger in the lives of people around the world. So we thank you very much. And I have special thanks today for our guest, Sandra Ingerman. Thank you for being with us here today, Sandy. It's my pleasure. So the beautiful invocation. Thank you. Thank you. So I can't believe anyone wouldn't already know this, but Sandy is an author and a teacher and a licensed therapist and is recognized internationally for addressing the needs of our times directly by bridging ancient cross-cultural healing methods into our modern culture. She is the author of many books, all on my shelves, <laughs> Soul Retrieval, Medicine for the Earth, How to Heal Toxic Thoughts, and in particular, How to Thrive in Challenging Times, and Awakening to the Spirit World, uh, The Shamanic Path of Direct Revelation, which she co-authored with Hank Wesselman and others. Sandra teaches um, internationally uh, workshops about shamanic journeying, healing, reversing environmental pollution, using spiritual methods, among other things. And you can go to her site, Sandra Ingerman, S-A-N-D-R-A-I-N-G-E-R-M-A-N.com, to find her books and CDs and DVDs, um, references um, like her basic journeying guide, um, as well as her calendar, events, trainings, announcements, etc., It's all there. Um, We also have two interviews with Sandy in our archives at whyshamanismnow.com. What some of you may not know is that Sandy has been writing diligently, tirelessly, ceaselessly, (laughs) a monthly newsletter since um, 1998 um, called Transmutation News, which goes out now to over 6,000 people worldwide. And she gets quite a lot of feedback from readers of this newsletter um, about how um, the messages in the newsletter help to inspire them to stay focused on their work of being positive change makers in the world. Now, today we've invited Sandy onto the show to talk about um, 
what it is that she'd like to see or is hoping to see or or is really trying to inspire in us, those of us who have been reading this newsletter now for 15 years, where where we need to go now or where we might need to go now. Um, and so this is our, our topic of the show today. And we are live. So if you would like to call in and ask Sandy a question, you can do that at 512-772-1938. Or you can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site. Just push the button on the site. Um, or you can email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org and I would be happy to read your question on the air. So Sandy, once again, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to talk um, in gen- kind of to the general audience of humanity here first and then maybe at the end of the show focus a little bit more in on practitioners if that's all right with you. Absolutely. Okay. So you've been writing Transmutation News now for 15 years um, mm-hmm. to support and inspire people to be agents of change in the world. So why have you focused on transmutation? I know that it's hard to imagine, but many people may be listening to you today for the first time. So what is it about transmutation and why is it important to you? Well, um, I originally started the website and writing the transmutation news. Actually, I was going through a little spiritual novel that I had self-published called A Fall to Grace. And um, then in 2000, my book, Medicine for the Earth, How to Transform Personal and Environmental Toxins, came out. And I really wanted to um, uh, be able to have a voice that would help people to keep up the spiritual practices that I wrote about in the book and, and that I teach about in my workshops. And one of the basic principles is that it's who we become that changes the world, not what we do. And from a spiritual perspective, I know when we look at the world today and the environmental pollution and everything that's going on politically and in, and you know on all different levels economically, everything seems so overwhelming. But from a spiritual perspective, every change, all creation, comes from within us. And all spiritual traditions teach that everything happens in the invisible worlds before it manifests into the physical. And so what this means is that the spiritual practices that we can all engage in at this particular point on the planet is where we all have the power to create change. And part of that spiritual work has to do with how do we transform our own thoughts, our own words, our own dreams, our own belief systems um, to meet up with our desired outcome. And in alchemy, the literal definition of alchemy is working within the dense darkness inside. And in alchemy, um, oftentimes people think the old alchemists actually took lead and they turned it into gold. But what the old alchemists really did was they worked with the transformation of heavy leaded consciousness and transformed it to gold-like consciousness. And another word for transformation and alchemy of being able to shift that heavy-leaded dark consciousness into gold-like consciousness is transmutation. 
how we actually change um, a substance, the nature of a substance, into gold light. And so that's part of the environmental work is transmuting the toxins, but part of our spiritual practice is transmuting our the energy behind our emotions. Emotions are good, but we want to make sure that we're not sending hate and anger and divisiveness out into the world, that we can actually transmute the energy behind our emotions to be able to feed and the world with light consciousness, to be able to radiate universal love and divine light into the world. So I called the column the Transmutation News because on a monthly basis, I write about what is the internal work um, that we can be focusing on to be positive change makers on the planet right now. So how do you feel transform- Transmutation News has been sort of most successful? Like what are you happiest about what it's been able to do? Well, what I really love is the global community that's formed out of it. Um, first, I started writing the Transmutation News um, and you know, I try to, and I did a little bit more in the beginning, and but I try to weave through ceremonies that, you know, we can perform no matter where you are, you know, on particular days to um, kind of harness our energies together to make change. And as I would keep writing the transmutation news, um, different people from different countries started coming in and volunteering to translate. And first it was a student of mine and now a friend of mine in um, Austria who um, translated into German, and it just kept on going. So now, as of this day, we have um, volunteers. They don't get paid, and I write a lot, so it's a lot of work every month. Um, We have 14 um, translations into different languages of the transmutation news, and we do a monthly full moon ceremony together of really um, imagining ourselves feeding the web of light within and throughout the planet to be able to lift people up into a new consciousness. And so it's really wonderful uh, to know that either every full moon or um, at different times of the year, I'll give on equinoxes and solstice uh, different ceremonies for us to all perform together in our own homes or in our local communities. And to know that 7,000 people and and then people... Um, in different countries all over the world are joining in together. And so it's just a wonderful feeling that there's this incredible global community who feels really called to work together spiritually, even though we might have different beliefs or different ways of working. You know, none of that is brought in. It's all about you do the spiritual practices that feel good to you, and we join our hearts and our energies together to create exponential change on the planet that could not happen if we were working alone. And uh, weren't the first issues printed I mean, technology's no, been no. a big piece, too. Well, you know, the first interviews were never printed. It was always um, on was- on on the net. But what happened for me was my original um, webmaster, 
um, Bob Edgar, who was the one who talked me into doing a column in the first place. He was on email, but I was not on email yet. So I used to type them on my computer, and then I would fax it to him. But I, n- I never had the opportunity to go online. I wasn't online yet. I was one of those holdouts. I'm never going online. And um, so anyway, about a year later, a friend of mine said, you know, Sandy, we haven't known how to tell you this, but when Bob scans the um, your faxes, all the, you know, the there's grammatical errors and all these errors. He's just scanning and not you know, checking for what's going on. Mm -hmm. So then it was like, oh, I have to get an email address and I have to get on the computer. And and then it became the tedious process of Bob would post and then I'd have to go back and correct, um, you know, what wasn't uh, coming out through my faxes. And it was a few years before I actually got on email myself and then started just emailing the transmutation news. So I was just one of those really old um, mindsets of I don't want my life to be around the Internet. And Mm -hmm. now I have two computers, an iPad, a BlackBerry. (laughs) (laughs) And you've embraced the technology. I've embraced technology. But at the same time, without it wouldn't be worldwide. I mean, it just couldn't. No, and it would that ability to sync people up instantaneously yeah. around the timing. I mean, it is a really miraculous piece. Oh, no, the Internet is brilliant. It's brilliant. It's just I kind of, because I was already answering over 100 letters a week that were coming to my post office box, <laughs> I was a little bit nervous about getting sure. involved in email. Um, so, you know, that's a work in progress, you know, of how, how do we, because... You know, this goes into the issue of, you know, what's happening on the planet right now is that we um, distract ourselves in so many ways, you know, from the work that we need to be doing. And so I think it's the the positive side of the Internet is, oh, my God, I mean, I have 7,000 people connected who ask to get the transmutation news in their mailbox every month. Um But you think about, you know, some of the other websites that are out there connecting millions of people. I mean, that's the brilliance of it. But the the shadow side of where the technology part comes in is how much we do distract ourselves by, you know, watching 10 YouTubes in a day instead of actually focusing on your spiritual work, or taking a walk in nature, which mm-hmm. is probably the most healing force that people really need right now, is for yeah. all of us to get back and think with nature's intelligence, which brings us back to our nature intelligence that lives inside of ourselves. So the positive is the connectivity and the global community that can interact with each other through the Internet. The the other side of it is some of us can distract ourselves mm-hmm. um, from really being able to bring our lives back into balance. So, you know, it's all about the old issue of everything in balance is mm-hmm. what's important. Um, yeah. So how we communicate and con- connect, but then take those practices into our daily lives and find times when we can turn the computer off. <laughs> and the TV so. and the BlackBerry and the iPad. 
Um, so for those of you who would like to join the, the forces who are receiving transmutation news, you can sign up uh, via your website, right, Sandra? Yeah, SandraEngland.com. Yeah. And we only, um, you know, my philosophy is I only send it to people who want it. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't just collect names out there. You actually have to sign up and ask. Right. But the positive side, too, is I do not uh, do any advertising with my email list, though you, you truly do only get the transmutation news once a month for me and nothing else. So um, like when I announce that we've done the show, it'll be on a transmutation news. I wouldn't have sent out a separate email about that. So I keep all announcements on the transmutation news so people don't get a lot of emails from me. Right. Okay, so back to transportation news. So we talked about what's really been successful about it. Now, what do you feel relative to this that needs to develop now? What what do you want to see grow or change or evolve in some way? Well, you know, uh, I... I'm always my the nature of who I am is I'm a person who's constantly looking at growth and what's next, and so you know for me um, as I keep evolving the transmutation news, um, it's more about me inspiring people to do the work that they already know. You know, instead of doing as much teaching I think as I used to do on the transmutation news and rewording what I wrote about in Medicine for the Earth or How to Thrive in Changing Times or How to Heal Toxic Thoughts. It's more, okay, you've got all the information. Now let's do it. You know, let's focus on it. And it it feels to me, because in my own work, um, I am very connected with my students. And so on, um, on many different Yahoo groups, and it seems like the more um, people start to get into the work, it's like the less words you need. And we've created an incredible virtual community, and I think it's palpable how people feel that people who read the transmutation news are praying for the best for everybody in the community, because that's part of what I ask people to do is to always hold every spiritual worker in divine light and pray for the best um, for them. And it's it's how do I keep the column going with words, but keep supporting more of the work going on on an energetic level that is beyond the words. And so that's always a little bit of a constant challenge for me because a column is words, you know, I'm writing on it. And um, and it's about how to keep bringing through the energy with not so many words involved. That, to me, is more of a work in progress. And really supporting people and understanding that um, in the times that we're in, it's not about what our ego wants, because I'm not really sure our egos are going to get what we want. It's what's knocking on our door from such a deep spiritual level of knowing the DNA that uh, was programmed in us when we were born, the blueprint that has the whole entire map of how we need to be living our lives to thrive in these changing times. How do we go beyond ego, which keeps us in a trance and distracted state, 
and um, be able to tap into that blueprint. It's like uh, nature's intelligence itself lives inside of us, and that wisdom is so profound, but we get lost in those everyday desires instead of really taking the time to be able to go in and experience that. So, you know, that's something that I can keep encouraging people about, but again, it would be great as people can drop more into themselves, the amazing, brilliant inner wisdom that starts to bubble up from that deep well within, which is really what's going to help people. Um, Because from an ego point of view, we see everything as we want it now, and change is happening, and change is always happening. That's part of life, and that's part of nature. But we need to be careful about only doing um, spiritual work if we're attached to a particular outcome that we're going to see right now or even in our lifetime. You know, I think this is a really, really important piece right now because there's so much information out there. You know, the secret is one version, but all this stuff about manifest your reality. um, And yet it can be taken from a very egoic place, very much, I want to manifest my reality. Mm-hmm. And as I've said often on the show, how is that any different than the bankers who manifested their reality and now, you know, the world economy is collapsing? I mean, you know, it's like, it's not really any different. Yeah, it's, you know, what I find and what I keep writing about in the Transmutation News for years now is so much of the work that we do on a spiritual level is about learning how to dance different paradoxes. So just for an example, one paradox is on a spiritual level, everything is divine and perfect. There is no illness. There is no economic um, collapse. There are no environmental problems. Everything is perfect. On an egoic level, where we're looking at things through ego's eyes and from a place of separation, we look around and we see illness in every area of our lives. And so there's a paradox that we have to dance in our spiritual work around um, looking at the world through spirit's eyes and getting a perspective that there's growth and evolution and there's death of a way of life going on, and it's perfect at the same time because something new will be reborn from that. And then what do we need to do as human beings to get our lives back into a place of harmony and balance? And so the same thing, I believe, exists with our creation work, because I I teach a tremendous amount of creation work on the transmutation news. And I do believe it is important for us as spiritual practitioners to hold a positive vision and to actually be able to dream the dream that we want to live in and at the same time surrender to a higher power because what we might be dreaming might actually be limited. And there might be a bigger picture that spirit is trying to move us towards. But at the same time, it's important for us to hold a positive vision and let go of the outcome and surrender to the power of spirit. And that's a very interesting dance that that all of us have to engage in. And, you know, what makes me sad is when people start to say, well, I gave up my spiritual practice. It didn't, you know, I didn't see a fast enough outcome. And our whole, from an egoic perspective, time 
you know, is um, something that doesn't always match what's happening from a universal perspective. Well, and that that state that you're describing, I I think, you know, coincidentally, is that that state of focusing on the vision and yet being open to Mm -hmm. the actual outcome. I actually think we train ourselves for that by learning to journey because Mm -hmm. we're focused on our question or our intention, but open to how it's going to transpire in the journey. And, and I see, um, the, the, the journeying as sort of the training ground to be able to hold that paradoxical mental state of being even in daily life. Right. Right. No, I think that's true. So we have a great question that just came in um, from a woman named Stephanie, and she says that she just finished reading How to Thrive in Challenging Times, which she says is a great book, by the way, (laughs) and she's listening to us right now, and her question is that she says, you know, there are serious injustices in the world, so how do you transmute them in a loving way and speak out? Well, I actually did write about that in in the book because... uh, I think it is important for us as human beings to be able to speak out against um, social injustices. And I think it's important for us to stand up as a global community and say this isn't right. Um, Gandhi was just an amazing teacher um, in being able to do this, and he was able to hold the spiritual work and um, also be able to speak out at the same time. So, you know, he's um, he, he's just a real key. And, and Marshall Rosenberg um, started a whole teaching out of Gandhi's teaching called Nonviolent Communication, which is, you know, based on how Gandhi did speak out, but without the anger behind it. And so in shamanism, there's a difference between expressing anger and sending anger. And we don't really know the difference. And so when you look at like a peace demonstration, you would never know that people want peace because the energy that's being produced is hate, anger, separation, divisiveness, war. And the basic principle that we always want to be holding and looking at and observing is the energy that we feed is what's going to grow. Um, You know, it's just a basic teaching is what we give energy to, we give life to. So it's using the methods of transmutation, of being able to get up and speak about social injustices, but not sending anger and hate out while you do it. Um, Being able to speak your truth but from a place of love for all of life. So that love is the force that's being fed, not more anger, hate, and divisiveness. It's a very easy thing to say. It's not that easy to do. So it's about developing a practice of being able to acknowledge your feelings. I am really upset about this injustice that's happening right now. And saying that, yes, you have the right to experience that. um, And at the same time, to work with energetically asking that the energy behind your emotion be transformed to an energy of love and light so that when you get up and speak about a social injustice, Light is radiating from you. Love is radiating um, from you so that you're actually a channel 
of universal love and light, which is what the planet needs right now, not more hate. So it's practice. It's practice of throughout the day as um, issues come up that trigger you, as people, um, you know, during the day you have interactions with people who trigger you, to acknowledge the feelings that you're having and ask for the energy behind those feelings to be transmuted, transformed to an energy of love and light that ends up feeding you and the rest of the planet. And then as you learn how to do that more and more, then you can get up in public and public yourself more and more about, um, you know, what's going on and state what's going on from a place of truth and education um, without um, all the anger that's behind it, which just puts people off. Does that make Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in, in this, you've brought up two of the kind of main points that you shared with me that you thought people really needed to focus on right now. One is that what we give energy to, we give a life to, that we mm. manifest. Right. We are always manifesting. There's no off button. <laughs> We're always right. making something. Right? <laughs> and that, um, and that, and learning, like you said, it's not just a, a simplistic, sim- simplistic thing is that we have to learn how to hold this space mm-hmm. of universal love during the most challenging times and that absolutely now, now one other thing well there are several other things but one of the other things that are sort of at this really basic level of understanding is um another thing that you brought up is really understanding our thought forms mm-hmm. yeah and if you even just think about the word thought form <laughs> mm-hmm. um you know we use that phrase and what it actually means is our thoughts create form and uh, I, I oftentimes use the metaphor of train of thought. We oftentimes uh, say the word train of thought, and a train leads us to a particular station. So our thoughts are part of the invisible energy that is part of the birthing process. What you're thinking about, you're going to manifest. It's kind of a law of nature. Um, if you plant um a a peach tree and you put a a peach um, pit in the ground, you're going to get a a peach tree. You're not going to get a plum tree. Um, You know, so what, what is the thought that you planted into your inner garden? That's the tree you're going to get. That's the flower you're going to get. You're not going to get something different than what you planted. So um, um, I'm constantly bringing people to, looking at going within, doing some either shamanic journey or if you don't journey, some meditation, putting on some really nice music and just relaxing and imagining yourself going into your inner garden and start to examine as if you're a master gardener. And if you do journey, you can actually ask for a master gardener to accompany you on a journey and to actually look at your inner garden and look at the seed thoughts that you have been planting throughout your life. And then you can see what is actually blossoming, what's growing in your garden. And so part of the discipline that I think is really important for people right now, because we're on so automatic. Um, We take time to do our shamanic journeys, our yoga, our qigong, our meditation, 
And then we go out for the rest of the day and we loop all the old thoughts that are recreating all the problems that we say that we want to be getting away from. And so this needs to become um, a a moment-to-moment daily practice of stopping and asking yourself, what am I thinking right now? What am I thinking right now? Um, Putting a a rock in your pocket or... um, putting a post-it up somewhere that you look at from time to time. Um, what I did is um, on my BlackBerry, I actually put up a wallpaper picture of a bodhisattva. And every time I, I turn my BlackBerry on, there's the bodhisattva, and I go, what, what am I thinking about right now? We need these reminders to really look at What are the thoughts that keep looping throughout the day, and are they taking us to the train, to the desired outcome that we really want to manifest and see in our lives? Because if you really reflect on your daily thoughts, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what's going on in your life, what's the manifestation, you know, if you really observe. And so if you think of words and thoughts as seeds, and you're going to get the plant, the same plant that you, you, you seeded in your garden, you're not going to get a different plant. So if you plant something around defeat, nothing's going to work. We've gone too far on the planet. There's no way to bring this back around. You're not going to get um, a tree of a new possibility. You, you're following me on that one. Yeah. Well, and it, and it seems to me that this is kind of what you've been saying all along from the beginning is that, you know, people have been gathering around this work and are, are and people are always so excited to do this work to sort of change the world and have the new vision. And then it comes back around to, well, yeah, but you've got to tend your garden. It's like, oh, crap. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, we all love the ceremonies. I love, oh my God, I love that workshops leading ceremonies. I get higher than a kite. Um, we all love the ceremonies. Everybody loves the ceremonies and we dance and drum and rattle together and call in the spirits and have these invocations and do these things where we all call in, you know, a, um, healing for others and for the planet itself. And it's wonderful. I think the ceremonies are very important because I think they're a very healthy way that community can come together to create change. But where we all resist, and I put myself in here too, um, I'm speaking to myself here, we all resist the minute-to-minute work of what the alchemists did. I mean, the alchemists had to devote you know, all of their life to being able to look at what lived within them that needed to be transmuted so that we do end up being vessels of universal love and universal light. It just doesn't happen. You know, there's a discipline and it's it's not necessarily hard work. It's just that we have to... Um, stay focused on the work and we just allow ourselves to get so distracted and we're moving so fast and you know so we flip into those ordinary states of the anger when when tailgating is happening or when we're standing online at the bank too long and we're running late um you know we have to slow down and move more into a place of observation and how do I work with this state right now? Um, you know, that's the key. 
Well, and like you said, it's not that it's hard work, but it is consistent. And it isn't the kind of work that you did for three months and now you're done. Exactly. Yeah. It's a life. It's a way of life. Yeah. I mean, and the mystery schools did a you know really good job. And these practices have been around forever and they're in every single any system that worked have has them because for humans this this kind of daily discipline and as you said minute to minute discipline has to be part of the process because we are always manifesting i mean right. we can't get out of it <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like well i've done that work <laughs> yeah, exactly and you know th- there's so much i think too um there's so much power of what we can can do and change that we can create from bringing in more of a feminine perspective around universal love. And when I say universal love, I'm not saying that um, we should deny some of the social injustices or the behavior of people, um, but there is a love that we can have for all of life and humanity that can be a writing force that... Um, starts to create transformation. And so I think that feminine perspective of that becoming, as we become um, what we want to see in the world and we live it with every breath and with our presence, uh, you know, that's where I think we're really going to um, see true change. And again, even without the timing, um, it brings us to a place of learning how to live in the present with what is and to move out of such a judgmental place. Well, and that is, of course, the fundamental teaching of universal love is you don't get to just love the things you like. Right. <laughs> and that's how it brings us to being non-judgmental is that we are actually learning to bring a stance of love and acceptance, particularly to those things we don't like in ourselves and others in the world. And then to be an agent of just because you bring universal love to it doesn't mean you want it to stay the same. Right. But you have to love it and accept it and be able to be with it to then become effective as a change agent. You can't just be and mad at it. <laughs> I had I had a very, very powerful near-death experience in my lifetime. And this is a little bit tricky for me to talk about. So I hope people are understand where I'm coming from when I actually share my experience. I had a near-death experience and I went to God, what I consider God, you know, brilliant, radiant light. And I've had a few near-death experiences, so this was just a a different aspect of what I had already seen on the other side. And I was so flooded with love by this being. I mean, it was just beyond anything, you know, human that I've ever experienced, except in my other near-death experiences. And in this particular one, I looked over, and Hitler was standing next to me. And God, that light, was beaming the same unconditional love. There was no recognition that this was Sandra Ingerman. She's a good person. And, you know, it was before I was teaching or doing um, writing or anything like that. I was pretty young when I had this experience. It was just God is love. God is just love. And again, it doesn't mean that we don't... um, You know, it's not about accepting people's behavior. People do behave badly and hurt other people, and there has to be something that we do around that. But from a spiritual perspective, God is love. Um, And we're not being seen as individuals. And a powerful journey that I ask 
um, readers of the transmutation news to do. I've been asking people to do this for a year now and my students to do is to either journey or you could do this with a meditation. It doesn't have to be through an actual journey um, by, you know, putting on some nice music and have the intention to meet your creator. Who created you? You know, because we have creation myths, but you want to find your own personal creation story and get your creation story, meet your creator, learn about your creator, get how you were created. But then here's the powerful piece that I, I think everybody should um, experience is to experience how much love went into your creation, how much love went into your creation, and to absorb that love like a dry sponge put in water into every cell of your being. It's, it's an incredible experience that takes people beyond um, social conditioning and their family conditioning when they really can experience cellularly, not mentally, because on a mental level, it's not going to create the change, but on a cellular experience to actually feel in every cell of your being how much love went into your creation. And um, if we're a reflection of our creator, how much love we're being asked to be a vessel for at this time on the planet. Thanks, Andy. So with that said, let's shift a little bit. Is there, is there something else or something more you would be saying to those people that are shamanic practitioners and do have skills and have been, you know, in theory, doing these practices now for 10 to 20 years? Is there, is there sort of well, something more? There's, there is one thing, and I kind of said it at, um, a little bit at the beginning of the show. Um, the Earth is really going through an evolution right now. And, and I think that as spiritual practitioners, it's time for us to acknowledge the evolution of the earth itself. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, there there's land where once there wasn't land. There's water where once there was land. Um, you know, there's been evolutionary changes um, on the earth throughout time. And we cannot, as spiritual practitioners, stop evolution. And I think that a lot of spiritual practitioners do try, you know, how do I manipulate the environment to stop this from happening? The earth is intelligent, and nature is an incredible intelligence. And I think it's time for us, number one, as spiritual practitioners, to acknowledge nature's own intelligence and to also go within and learn about our blueprint, our natural intelligence that's guiding us in an evolutionary process, too. So I think, I think um, uh, what I'm basically saying is it's time for us to go to a deeper level within in our work, because there is a programming that we were born with. There is a blueprint that we were born with that will guide us in the coming times. And I think um, many spiritual practitioners, again, are getting distracted with um, getting focused on too many healing methods, um, too much theory, um, instead of really going in and learning about the intelligence of nature and how the earth is reflecting the intelligence of nature right now 
and how we are that same intelligence in nature, and that we have a um, a program inside of us that holds exactly the wisdom of what we need to know right now. And I think it's time for us to learn about that program that we were born with. Well, and 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 I know that for me, you know, the the more. I've been able to tune in the further that that plan sort of diverges from my ego's plan. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that, um, and, and yet there's, um, the irony of that of course is that there's an enormous power when we surrender into our own true nature and connect into nature and, and we're truly in the oneness. I think there's a, a sense sometimes that people try to escape themselves into a oneness mm-hmm. versus dropping into their true nature and connecting with nature and being in the actual oneness that exists both physically and spiritually at the same time. Right. As long yeah. as we get our kind of our, our head out of the way. <laughs> Wait, yeah. No, you said that very well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what else would you like to see kind of – I mean it's, there's so much I think – well all over the world where a lot of the community of shamanic practitioners, they are your community. I mean, a lot of us studied with you. I mean, we owe a Mm -hmm. lot to you. So, you know, what else would you have us do in essence at this time? You know, one is, you know, surrendering to that deeper wisdom Mm -hmm. and um, what else, what else would help us to be of better assistance in this time? Well, I think uh, definitely spending more time in nature, which will help everybody to get more into that that inner um, uh, blueprint. Um, and one of the things that I constantly share in every venue that I can is um, move away from a place of being divisive about um, spiritual methods because I think that um, people, practitioners, get so distracted in what's the right way to do a method and where you're supposed to rattle three times or four times or this teacher says four (laughs) times and this teacher says um, five times and this teacher says clockwise and this teacher says counterclockwise. It's not the method. It's, again, the love. It's the light that you radiate um, with your spiritual practices. Methods have never healed anybody. It's the love behind the method that has been the healing force. And shamans and spiritual teachers have been teaching that for thousands of years. The methods is just the show that keeps the ego distracted while the healing work is going on. And so, you know, to let go of divisiveness, whose work is better than whose, um, you know, trying to be picky about who's making a mistake in your community and going after them, um, you know, that's not helpful right now. And that, again, you know, dividing the spiritual community actually takes away that of the power that we have as a spiritual community. So I think it's important for people to find the teachers, to find the work that they feel drawn to, and not judge what other people are drawn to, you know, just um, for us to be able to really um, do the work. And also to not get so focused on our stories. Um, I think... um, you know, we live in a trance right now, and, you know, it is a time to wake up out of the collective trance. Um, part of that trance is, 
you know, watching so much of the news and what the media tells us and all the seeds that are planted in us by the media. But we keep also going over and over and over our own personal stories. And if you've never looked at your story, yes, it's important for you to acknowledge what has happened in your life. Otherwise, you're just denying and um, doing a spiritual bypass. But at some point, you have to say that you're more than your personal story. And and there's another aspect, a deeper aspect of you, and that the story might be distracting you from finding your own true song of power that is ready to be sung out into the world. And so I ask practitioners at this particular point in time to really look at how much of their story is just distracting them from being able to sing their true song of power right now in the world. And how much do they identify um, with the story so that it stops us from being able to move forward um, in our lives. So that's uh, another teaching that I'm bringing through. I'm actually writing some about that for the March Transmutation News, um, because I think the story, our story is one way that we keep us in a trance state. Yeah, and that circles back around to what you were saying in the beginning about thought forms and about... Mm-hmm recreating it by what we're thinking so there's also one thing you said at the beginning and i'd like to bring us back to that in this context because you talked about um amplifying the results through the community doing the rituals together mm-hmm. and it, and that seems also to connect in here with your 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 encouragement that practitioners really step out of divisiveness and and look at the possibility um that that happens only when people begin to stand together in the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, when we look at, um, if any of you out there have been doing shamanic healing work, um, when one person works on one client versus when 10 practitioners focus on one client, you really see a different in the power that happens there's an uh, there's a magnification of the healing that happens when we come together spiritually and so with the community that i work with on the the transmutation news i get people to go beyond method and to go beyond ego and to drop into a place of divine light and to radiate like a star not send stars don't send light stars radiate light And for us to radiate light and love in the world and the power, the exponential power that comes from that when thousands of practitioners are radiating light and love um, versus one practitioner radiating light and love, it creates... um, a magnified energy field, you know, we really tap into that unified energy field and it just allows for a greater potential of what that kind of transmutation can actually create on the planet. And again, we might not be able to see it with our eyes, but we don't know what things would be like if so many people weren't working in behalf of the planet right now. Yeah. 
Okay. So with all of this said, um, what I'd like to do to an, is announce to everyone that Sandy is going to be doing a new uh, webinar series, um, unlike anything you've done so far, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. And this is going to start in April, and it will be offered every other month. So April, June, August, October, December, January. So over that next period of time. And it will be on um, on a Sunday morning at 11 a.m., you know, every other month. And so, Sandy, what is it that you want to do? Like, why move into this new format? What, it, what do you hope to be able to do in this way that you haven't been able to do yet? Well, I, I intend to keep writing my transmutation news. I'm not going to stop uh, doing that. And I also feel that the distraction level for people is getting even greater. That part keeps ex- being exponentially greater based from the media, all that's going on in the world, um, all that we're perceiving on all different levels. And so to add to what I'm already writing, I am so passionate. I am so passionate about the unlimited power that we have right now. And I really want to see people stay inspired. I don't want people to give up because of they're not seeing the work manifest fast enough in the, you know, in the physical world. And so to add to what I'm already writing, I thought that if people could hear my voice, if people could see me talking in an animated, passionate way, it might just give a little bit more encouragement and inspiration. And then I also want to propose different ceremonies, again, as a global community, that to add to the dreaming work, um, keeping the positive vision, Uh, different ceremonies that we can engage in as a global community, Um, I figured that for each session that we do to focus on a particular place in the planet, uh, there's so many, but to focus on a particular place in the planet that's really needing help at the particular time of the um, live session that I'm doing online. So um, it's, it's it's another avenue for me to be able to keep people inspired besides just my writing, um, to be able to go deeper with what I'm writing about in some of the transmutation news, to have all of us do some spiritual practice together during the live session, and also to um, encourage people to do join in on a ceremony at a later date. And then people who can't be on the live session, it will be recorded, and for those who really uh, just can't imagine being on a computer listening and seeing there'll also be a way for people to tune in by phone so it's just a way to bring us together on another level so that we we keep moving forward the whole key is to just keep moving forward with the work and to not give up this is not the time to be giving up we have so much power of what we can do as we join our hearts together as a community and with the spiritual practices. Thank you, Sandy. I was going to ask you if there's anything left to say, but I think that's a really great thing to close on. (laughs) Let's not give up. Now is the time. Um, (laughs) For those of you that are interested in this um, webinar, you can contact Karen Furr at Karen at HealingEarth.org for more information. 
It's also so, on my website, too, and so there's oh, a great. link. Yeah. Oh, yeah. great. So, and that website, again, everybody, is Sandra Ingerman, I-N-G-E-R-M-A-N.com. So, Sandy, thank you so much for joining me here today. Yeah, thanks, Christina. Thanks for everything you're doing and having me on the show. I appreciate it. Sending well, lots I, of love. Well, I thought you might be having something new in store for us this year, and I thought, yeah. <laughs> no, what that might be. Check in. <laughs> so we can thank the ancestors for joining us here today and I'm so grateful for your ancestor Sandy of dreaming you up so you could be here with us right now <laughs> mm. the ancestors we give thanks to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all um, for those of you that want to participate you can go to sanderingerman.com you can find old shows in the archives at whyshamanism.com and if you're interested in classes starting uh, here with me or healing sessions that is at lastmaskcenter.org. Thank you everyone for joining us here this week.